Yeah, so happy birthday, uh, Voice. When I say happy birthday, I know what we're, what we're celebrating is not the second-year birthday of an organization because we don't be the church as an organization. Uh, it's us. So happy birthday to you guys. Uh, this shouldn't be possible. Uh, we should have, uh, let's just say the odds were stacked against us. And so thank you. Uh, happy birthday. It's going to be, uh, the future is going to be bright. So, hey, a couple thank yous I want to say off the top before we head into uh, some of the vision. What we're going to talk about going forward is uh, one of the organizations that we are really involved uh, or integrated with is an organization called Young Lives. You've probably heard us talk about this before. Uh, Young Lives is uh, supporting and resourcing and encouraging and training teen parents in our area. And the reason why that's so important to us is uh, we feel like teen parents are some of the marginalized, under-supported, kind of the widows and orphans of our day, on top of widows and orphans. But they are the under-resourced uh, individuals on the margins, and we want to support them. And so Young Lives helps do that. And so thank you for everyone that was a part of that. The reason why I bring that up right now is giving across uh, all nonprofits, for the most part, is down pretty significantly. And so they just had a fundraiser uh, a couple weeks ago, and their goal was $35,000, which is a big goal. And the uh, director of Young Lives was like, I don't know if we can do this, but we're going to give it a shot. And so thank you to everyone that volunteered that was a part of that fundraiser. Uh, and I want to report back to you. You may not have heard, uh, but we did not get $35,000 for Young Lives. We got $51,000 uh, for Young Lives. So thank you again to everyone. Uh, and here's the thing. Their website still works. Okay, so you can just re Google North OC Young Lives. The give button still works. So you can give to them even right now. If I get boring, ignore me. Go on your phone and support them. I uh, also want to thank you, uh, say thank you to everyone who has continued to engage uh, with this church family. Thank you to everyone that continues to uh, come in, in moments like this. I know it's not a bad way to do church, all right? Uh, thank you for those of you that continue to engage with social media and share posts. Thank you for everyone who has told people about the church, uh, who has rocked your voice stickers on your water bottles and your journals and uh, your cars. Uh, even if you're not a great driver, and it probably is a bad witness that you have a voice sticker, rock it. Anyways, you know who you are. I can see you pointing at each other right now. Uh, thank you for being faithful in serving. You may not realize this, but on the what you may see online is is this side of the lens. But you got to know that there's a bunch of people on the other side of the lens that probably just don't want to be on this side of the lens, to be quite honest. Uh, but there is no Voice Church uh, without uh, them. So thank you for being faithful in serving. Thank you to everyone who's been faithful in giving. Uh, this church exists. We can do stuff. We can bless the community. Uh, to this day, we've never said no to an organization that it, that that is above board, that doesn't look shady, <laughs> but, that, but that way. We've never said no to an organization that has asked for financial support. And our hope is that we never have to say no. And so thank you for continuing to be generous uh, so that we can be generous as a church. And also we want to say thank you for being flexible. Uh, thank you for <laughs> driving out to, well, this isn't a bad place to drive out to, but thank you for driving far out of where we normally meet uh, to come to church outside. Thank you for being flexible with times going from 6 p.m. to now 5.30 to then 5 o'clock next week. Starting in November, we'll be at 4 o'clock because of daylight savings. And I know that's a whole lot to like, I just want consistency. And the only constant in this season is change, right? So thank you uh, for being flexible with times couple things I do want to put on your radar before we hop into the teaching for this week is one on October 30th, so the day before Halloween, uh, we're going to be partnering with the city of Tustin to put on an event uh, to bring hope, essentially. 
So there's a lot more details coming. I just want to let you know that if you want to be a part of that, either to attend, like drive through the event uh, for your family, put it on your calendar October 30th, or if you want to volunteer and serve in some capacity, uh, well, again, we're going to have more details coming forward, but we just, we'll talk about this later, but one of our things is we want to be known by love and be a voice of hope, and this is one of those opportunities to do that. So October 30th. Uh, the second thing is October 31st. Uh, they found us. Uh, October 31st, that is Halloween. We are going to take that weekend, and for church that weekend, we're going to have a focus on prayer and worship. Okay, the reason why that's important, it's not because it's Halloween and we're praying away all the evil or something that day, right? Uh, we're focusing that weekend on prayer and worship because you may not realize this, but that next week is election, right? And so we're going to take some time to pray and worship for a few reasons. One, uh, we're going to center our hearts on God and say that our anchor is in a higher power, not in right or left or a certain party, that our hope is not placed on a person or a party. Our hope is in God. And we're going to pray to that end. We're also going to be praying that day uh, just for leadership in general. Any guys that hold any sort of leadership position, I do not envy you in this season. This is a... Leaders are supposed to go into chaotic situations and bring clarity and bring peace. And it's really hard to do that as a leader when everything gets blurrier and blurrier. And no matter what decision you make, half the people that you lead are frustrated with you and vocal about it everywhere. And so I don't envy anybody in leadership. So this is a reminder as you go into the election that leadership matters. Leadership matters. And so we are going to pray for those that are in leadership politically. Uh, I, man, praying for those that go to the church that are principals and superintendents uh, because, man, I do not envy you at all. So that's October 31st. Please, please. Priest, I sound like my mom. We're going to prior. Please pray with us. Some of you guys like that's racist. No, it's not. It's accurate. Okay, so uh, we are, love you, mom. We are overwhelmed as you go into the, uh, we're talking about for a birthday. We're overwhelmed with gratitude. I'm overwhelmed with gratitude. And this year, uh, the birthdays are a little strange for all of us, right? I mean, birthdays are a little weird. And whether you have your drive-by, you know, one of our friends I was talking to before service, she was talking about how they, she went to a drive-by uh, birthday. Drive-bys meant something totally different uh, before this season. Drive-by birthday parties is not what I think of when I think of drive-bys. Uh, but that's what they look like this year. And have you ever gone to like a Zoom birthday party? And one of my favorite things about Zoom birthday parties is not just the kids talking over each other, but trying to sing happy birthday together. It's just the best. Just record it when you do it because... No one is in sync. It's absolutely hilarious. So birthdays are weird. Our birthday this year is a little weird. Usually, and when I say usually, I mean the one time we've had a birthday before this year. 100% of the times uh, we've had birthdays before this year. Uh, we've done an outdoor event. So we have took over last year the Tustin Sports Park. We had uh, bounce houses and street tacos for everybody and games. We had a big LED wall and we had a worship outside. It was a really great event. Obviously, we can't do that uh, this year. Legally and probably with wisdom, we can't and shouldn't do that this year. So we're, it looks like this. So this week, instead, the way we blessed was give out a bunch of gift cards to local organizations, hundreds of dollars worth of gift cards to local organizations to both help the local organizations and to help you get some free boba and tacos and coffee and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully all you guys that are winners, sharing is caring. All right, so make sure you share. Uh, but I wanted to do this. Many of you guys that are newer to the church, you may not know our story. 
And so some of you guys that are OGs, this will be a fun walk, short walk down memory lane. And some of you guys that are newer to the church, I'm seeing so many faces. I'm like, yeah, you started coming during quarantine. You started coming during quarantine. Uh, you've never heard the story. And it'd be kind of fun to, to share that uh, with you. So we'll kind of go through that real quick. In 95, uh, I became a Christ follower. Uh, before that, I very much was not a Christian. Some of you guys that know my story. Uh, if you ever want to grab coffee, I'd love to tell you more of my story. And I'd love to hear your story. People make more sense when you know their story. Right? So I became a Christian in 1995. Before that, again, I very much was not a Christian. Uh, yeah, we can go into that later. But I very much was not a Christian. I became a Christian on March 11th, 1985, and then kept going to that church, came into leadership at that church, went to ministry training school, Bible school, seminary at that, at that church, continued to go to that church over the next 20 years, serving at every level on staff from volunteer to intern to staff member to executive team eventually. Uh, and throughout that entire time, starting from 1998, 1999, around there, uh, I've always felt called to come here to Southern California. And not because of palm trees and vacation type thing, Whenever I visited Southern California, I felt like I was home. My heart felt like it was home. I never felt like I was on vacation. And a lot of ways, Natalie felt the same way. And we got married. They don't even energized that one day we were going to be here. I always felt that we were, we were going to end up in Orange County or San Diego County. I knew it wasn't going to be L.A. County. But I knew Orange County and San Diego County. It just felt like home. My people uh, were here. I just want to say this for you too. Your gifts, your passions, your personality are a key to how God wants to use you. Your gifts, your personality, the things that are natural to you, the things that you love to do uh, are a key to your calling. And so it was for us. For us, it was Southern California and specifically individuals in Southern California, the multi-ethnic groups that we didn't, we didn't want to be part of a church that was the majority one ethnicity or one socioeconomic or one demographic. But we felt like the church needed to look like the community and the church needed to look like uh, heaven, which was going to be multi-ethnic, multi-demographic, uh, that we're, we can be unified while diverse, right? That unity doesn't mean uniformity, that we can be unified while disagreeing on a whole lot of things. And so that's what we want to be a part of. In 2015, we came out here uh, to help a church make a transition. And then in 2017, we began the planning of what we now call Voice Church. And I remember that first meeting, some of you guys were there uh, in our living room, we just invited a few friends over and said, you want to uh, explore what it would look like to start a church. And it was fun to see friends from different sectors of life, friends from the gym, friends from the public space, friends from churches we were a part of, come together and pray about, man, what would it look like to create something new? Uh, create a church that you would want to go to and you'd be safe inviting your friends to. And we rolled out to the team that this, this was going to be called Voice Church around the idea that we believe that God wants to speak with each person, which was a big deal. God wants to speak through each person and God wants to speak through us as a church family. And then the next season, the next year was all about interest parties. Some of you guys remember these where um, like Raphael hosted one at, and we played broom ball. We rented out a ice rink and played broom ball. And then that we did one at Bardot, we did coffee tasting, right? We do these kind of things, and then we would take five to ten minutes and just share the vision of the church, and then just say, okay, play broom ball, drink some free coffee on us, but here's what we're trying to create. And then we had to raise a lot of money. Thank you for those of you guys that were a part of that season with us. We had to raise over $400,000, which was mind-numbingly uh, high for us, uh, but God did it. And it was a whole lot of seasons of praying in that next year of, God, will you provide? God, would you be with us? God, would you bless us? But then also, 
God, was this, is this what you want us to do? Like, God, did we make a terrible decision? Was this the worst thing we could have done? Did we miss you on this? And then two years ago, in the fall of 2018, Voice Church launched. Two years ago. And it has been a blur. It has been an absolute blur. Again, the only constant is change. But what we did is leading up until launch, it was important to us to determine who was on the team, who would help carry the weight, who would help carry the vision, who was in. Because there were a bunch of people in the orbit of Voice Church that, you know, we're rooting for you guys, we're supporting you guys. But we weren't, I'm like, are you, like, how much are you in? Are, like, are you in or are you, like, waving from the sidelines? Like, you go, guys. Like, I need to know, are you in the stands waving on the team or are you, yes. Are, there you go. Are you in the stands waving on the team or are you saying you're ready to jersey up and get on the field and play with us? Right? So we wanted to determine who was in. And some people wrote uh, their names in pencil. Some people wrote their names in ink. And some of you OGs wrote your name in blood. And ride or die, you're with us for the long haul. And this year has challenged a lot of that. You probably felt that, right, for a lot of different reasons where uh, we, I, we need to not only regather, but we need to relaunch the church. And that's what this season is of re-upping re on the commitment to this vision. Because of not being able to be together on weekends, because of small groups being virtual, because a lot of us are honestly just trying to keep our heads above waters. Any of you guys that are faculty at schools, I mean, my gosh, we've been praying for you guys like crazy, trying to figure out what does it look like to teach in this season. It seems like it'd be less work, but any guys that are teachers or in ministry, you know that it feels like it's 10 times more work you're busier than ever. So I understand that we need, we need to re-up our commitment to the vision because life has happened and we're just trying to keep our heads above water and not even to mention just the emotional demands. Have you had seasons during this pandemic where you feel like logically you're okay, but then there's this, why do I feel this stress? Why do I feel this anxiety? Why do I feel overwhelmed all the time? Like what else is going on inside of my heart? And so because I understand through those seasons, you pull back right, from things like church many times. And so this season is not just a regathering of the church. This season is a relaunching of the church, a re-upping of the commitment to this vision. So here's the vision of the church. We want to create a church for those who have given up on the idea of church. Ever since we started this thing, even the talks before we ever launched service, we talked about this idea that C.S. Lewis said years ago where the church is the only organization that exists for the benefit of its non-members. And we talked about this every time we had a launch meeting, every time we gathered together before we launched a church. That this, if you're looking for a church that is gonna sing the songs you want and do the things that you want, man, this is not the church for you. But if you want a church that you'd be proud to invite your uh, unchurched friend to, for someone who used to believe in church but for whatever reason gave up, that the church could be what they say it is. And we want to create a church for those individuals too. Because I know some of your stories that you used to believe in church. And for whatever reason, because of political seasons or you had a bad experience at a church or you watched some things from a distance or a moral failure of a pastor and you gave up on the idea of church. And then someone invited you to voice. And then little by little, that spark of hope started to build again. This is what we're trying to do as a church. We're not trying to shuffle Christians around from other churches. We're trying to reach those who have given up on the idea of church. We also want to create a church that really does live by faith, that is known by love and is a voice of hope. 
This is more than just a thing that we say. We really want to be a church that lives by faith. In other words, that faith is central to who we are, but also we take faith-filled risks. That when we come across opposition, like, I don't know, a pandemic and not being able to meet inside and being right now homeless as a church, that we look at that kind of stuff and we say, you know what? But God. But God. With God leading us, we are going to find our way through this because he is already out of this and he thrives in impossible situations. So we live by faith. We take faithful risks. We want to be known by love. We don't want to be known for what we're against. We want to be known for what we're for. That people go, oh, you must go to Voice Church because you're so loving. That's what we want to be known for. And we want to be a voice of hope. That wherever we go as a church gathered and wherever we go as a church scattered, scattered throughout the week, that we would bring hope with us. I want to be part of a, a church that the city council would say, man, here's a tough thing we're facing in the city, but I know if Voice is a part of this event, if Voice is a part of this initiative, there's hope. They're going to help us. Wherever voice goes, there's hope. That's the kind of church we're trying to create. We want to create a church where we really believe that God wants to speak with each person. Did you know that? More than just a saying on the wall, did you know that God wants to speak with you? Not God wants to speak with a pastor to you, that God wants to speak with you. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 32, 8, and it says that I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel and watch over you. It doesn't say I will instruct someone else to teach you. It says, I'll instruct you. So God wants to speak with you. Whether you have a pastor in front of your name, and especially if you don't. That God wants to speak through you. That you, just like an instrument in, a, in an orchestra, there's a unique voice that you have, no pun intended, that God wants to speak through you. That there's certain people that you can reach because of who you are that I never could reach. And the fact that you're not a pastor the, fa the fact that you haven't been in biblical training actually is a benefit for the people that God has designed you to reach. So God wants to speak through you. And then God wants to speak through us as a church. There's some things that God wants to say through us that we want to be able to say that when people see us as a church, they go, I know what God is like. I know what God cares about because I've met the people at voice. So here's a question. Who's in? Who's in? Who's in? Who wants to do more than just tune into a church like that? Who wants to do more than just attend here and there of a church like that? Who's in? Who's in to help create that, to help carry the vision, to help carry the burden? Who's in? Who's in to not just listen, but proclaim that vision, to live that vision? Who's in to create a place where people can ask honest questions, to where a place where people can express doubts and still be loved? not be rejected? Who's in to create a place where people far from faith, where people new to faith feel safe? That's a big word. You think that'd be normal in church, but many times it's not. Who's in to create a, a place that is safe for people, where they feel welcomed, where they feel supported? Who's in to create a place where people who claim to be Christ followers, listen real close to this, people who, are, who claim to be Christ followers, will be challenged to actually live as if that were true. Let me say that again. Who's in to create a place where those that claim to be Christ followers will embrace discomfort, embrace pain, will let us step on your toes because we're going to challenge you to actually live as if that were true. Who's in to create a place where people belong before they believe? That we agree on Jesus but we create space for pretty much everything else. 
that we don't focus on the things that divide us. We focus on the things that unite us. There's plenty of things that divide us. We say this all the time, but this group of people, even those that are here, we couldn't agree on what Netflix show to watch or where to go for dinner. Do you think we're going to agree and be totally unified around doctrinal issues? And there's got to be space to go, you know what? You may be right. I may be right. We may both be wrong. But let's just worship Jesus. Let's focus on him and let's focus on those that are far from him. A group of people we want to be. This year more than ever, like James says, that we would be a group of people that are quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now more than ever in 2020, we are the opposite of that. And the Christians, church people, are the biggest offenders at this. We're quick to speak, quick to become angry, slow to listen. It may look like we're listening, but we're just preparing our rebuttal while you're speaking. No, no, no. Quick to listen. Slow to speak, slow to become angry. Could we be a church like that? I was just talking to Natalie last night where I was like, you know what? I'm so proud of those that call Voice Church home because we follow you on social media, right? A lot of you guys, you follow on social media and I'm so proud because I'm like, they're handling that right. Such grace, such teachability, such humility, such peacemakers and unification people. So thank you for being, that makes me proud to be part of a church like this. So I don't know about you, but this is the kind of church that I would give my life to help create. So who's in? It's time to relaunch the church, to draw a line in the sand and see who's in. It's time to get out of the spectator stands, to put on a jersey and get on the field to play. So the question is, are you in? Are you in? And if, and if you're in, what's the next right step? Two years ago when we launched the church, we had this uh, flyer uh, that we gave to every single, a trifold, so you guys remember this, uh, where it said, you want to be part of the launch team? And it said, if you want to be part of the launch team, in other words, part of the team that helps launch this church, right? There's four things that we ask you to do. And if you want to be part of the launch team, we ask you to do these four things. The first one is to pray. To pray that this church is only going to launch, not because of the talents or because we're awesome. It'll be because God is with us that the, the, the battle is in the Lord's hands. So will you pray? Will you pray? And there were times like one month before the church launched, we had lost our building. Some of you guys remember that? And we put an APB out to the launch team and said, don't get mad, don't boycott the company, don't write nasty letters, don't march. Pray, pray, and watch God do a miracle. And he did. So pray, one pray, in other words, Carry the spiritual burden. Carry the spiritual burden. Two, serve. Serve. We ask them to serve. In other words, carry the ministry responsibility. There's a bunch of things that makes that, that it takes to run a church uh, that Natalie and I just don't have the time to do. Uh, we just don't have that kind of capacity. And there are a lot of things that we don't have the skill set to do. There's some things we don't have time to do, and there's some things that we just shouldn't do. It's not a win for anybody. Right, And so we asked people to serve. And so there were a bunch of people that brought their skill set in that did stuff way better than we could. So one, they prayed, carried the, the, carry the spiritual burden. Two, served, carried the ministry burden. Three, we asked them to spread the word, to spread the word, to take that sticker, put it on your car, put it on your water bottle, put it on your journal. Whenever we post something on social media, share it, right? To use your influence to share this. So spread the word. In other words, carry the evangelistic burden. 
And then fourthly, we ask them to invest financially. We ask them to invest financially to carry the financial burden. That there's a bunch of things that we wanted to do. Uh, there were a bunch of things that we were already doing. Like we were already supporting missionaries and community organizations, even though we hadn't really raised enough money to be doing that. But we felt like in faith, we should start doing that. And we believe that God would provide, and he did. So invest financially to help carry the financial burden. So that's what we ask people to do, to pray, to serve, to spread the word, and to carry the, final, carry the financial burden. Because we believe the church is not a logo. The church is not a building or a service. A church, we've talked about this before, ecclesia, where we translate the word church, is actually a group or a movement. That's what that better translation for that word, ecclesia. That is a group of people that are just saying, I'm willing to do these things. When you talk about the church, it's not that building on that corner. The church is simply a group of people that are saying, I'll do that. I'm in. I'll pray. I'll serve. I'll help carry the evangelistic load. I'll share the message. And I'll invest financially to make this thing happen. So these are the moments, to be quite honest. These are the moments when Jesus would be teaching not saying I'm like Jesus, but Jesus would be teaching. And one by one, people would start leaving. And they'd go, okay, and I'm out, right? And at one point, Jesus would turn to his disciples and he said, are you guys leaving too? And his disciples go, where are we gonna go? Like they were so bought in, they had burned the ships, they were all the way in. But people in moments like this, when kind of the rubber meets the road, would go, ah, okay, I'm out, I'm out. So I get it, I get it. And you know what those people that bowed out, they missed being part of the greatest thing in history. The people that bowed out and said, no, I'm going to focus on this going on instead. I'm going to build my business. I'm going to do, I'm going to focus on this instead. Where is it today? What did it amount to today? But the ones that said yes to that vision is why we're here today. Because they said yes, we're here. And when we say yes, we're doing this for someone 500 years from now. That's going to get to hear the gospel because of what we're building today. So, Maybe you're like a middle schooler at their first dance, got the punch in hand, and you're looking at everyone on the dance floor going, I don't know if I'm ready to step on the dance floor yet. It looks fun, but what if I look dumb? I've tried to do that before and it didn't turn out the way I thought, right? Maybe you used to be involved at a church and you're like, man, I used to do that. I used to serve. Some of you guys used to be on staff at a church and now you're like, I sit on the sidelines, right? Because I did that. I am not ready to be back in the trenches again. Well, you know what? Maybe it's time to put down the punch. Take the first step. Just take the first step. And the rest will take care of itself. Some of you guys literally remember that, that middle school dance moment where you put down the punch and you, you're like, all I know is I took my first step and the next thing I knew I was in the middle of the dance floor. Right? The rest just took care of itself. All I'm saying is take the first step. Re-up the commitment to this vision. So if you're not in a group, join one. If your small group is full, start another one. If you're not on a serving team, join one. If you haven't served the local community yet, then reach out so we can get you plugged into serving some great local organizations. Have you not got baptized yet? Then man, let us know. Let's get it done. Have you not made a decision yet to follow Jesus? You've danced around the issue, but have you never made it an official decision? Let's go. Let's do this. But who's in? Who's in? We can accomplish this vision if more people carry the burden. When we started this church, we started with one verse in Proverbs that says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And we said the converse was true too. That when there is, when there are no people, the vision perishes. When there are no people, the vision perishes. 
will succeed at our vision when more people say yes, when more people with hearts fully surrendered to God say, God, you have everything. Speak through me and speak through this church. So here's how we're gonna end. We're going to sing one of my all-time favorite worship songs. And some of you guys that have been on my ministry teams in the past, you're watching this online, you're gonna laugh at the song we're about to sing because I, they, all, they know that whenever there's like, you wanna, what song should we sing? This is a song I'm gonna pick every single time for the last literally over a decade. And you gotta know, I didn't pick this. If those guys watching, I didn't pick this. The worship team did it because they listened to God. Okay, so this are some of the lyrics to the song. It says, with everything. With everything, we will shout for your glory. With everything, with everything, we will shout forth your praise. So let hope rise and darkness tremble in your holy light that every eye will see Jesus, our God, great and mighty to be praised. So here's what I want you to think about as we end here. I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna sing this last song and then we're gonna show you the, the painting that Brian's been working on, all right? But as we pray here, I want you to think about this. What would it look like for you to be in? for you to say, I'm in, what would that next right step be? I believe God will give you direction. If you need help discovering that, reach out to your small group leader or one of us, we'd love to help you. But let me pray. God, we just thank you for being faithful. God, we thank you for bringing us to two years. And we believe the best days are ahead, but thank you for what you've done so far. We are humbled. We are grateful. Thank you for every life change that no service, no song, no sermon ever could have changed lives like you can. It's your spirit at work here that does the work. And so we thank you for it. And God, we thank you for two years and we commit the next two years and beyond to you. Would you use the limited time we have, the limited finances we have, the limited influence we have to not bring glory to voice church, but to you, God. We don't lift, lift any flag but yours. We don't lift any name but yours. This church will always be a Jesus church. In Jesus' name, amen.